Welcome to Stories of Recovery, a MAR Recovery Resources production from MAR Addiction Treatment Center. I'm Matt Shedd. What's the role of prayer in recovery? How does it help us stay connected? What if I'm not religious or don't believe in God? Can prayer help me in uncertain times? Can it help me in the face of the coronavirus outbreak? Ashley McQueen and Jordan Detweiler are MAR counselors who are in long-term recovery. Both of them always bring a calming, zen-like presence into the room. I think you'll pick up on that as you listen to this. They're not particularly religious or church guys, but prayer is important in both of their lives and part of how they stay connected. I think for some people, that whole idea of what is God is important to them, and that's part of their recovery, and that's how it works for them. Make a, make a list of what you want God to be, and, and I think that's great for, for some people. For me, it's more like don't make a list. Make no list become open to something. I stopped thinking about it and I just did it and I realized, man, this is actually a lot easier to like, feel like I'm letting something else in. Oh, I don't have to do everything alone. I don't have to carry the burden. I can just like let go a little bit, just letting go of the, this like pressure. They talk about how prayer works for them as people in recovery, how it's about asking for ways to be helpful, being open, staying grounded, and saying yes to life, even in the face of a global pandemic. Could you introduce yourself and what you do here? Uh, my name is Ashley McQueen, and I am a residential manager at the Men's Recovery Center at MAR, and was a client here too. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Jordan Detweiler. I am also a residential manager at MAR, and I was a client here. couple alums yeah. that got kicked out, both of you. This is true. We did. This yeah. is true. And for yeah. those stories, you can go back to the podcast. Ah, to the library. <laughs> yeah, go back to yeah. the library, the archives, yeah. since you, in case uh, people are probably at home with a lot of time. So that's they true. Could, yeah. They could spend yeah. some time with you guys. There's and your connection. Stories. There's yeah. some connection right there. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Wow, look what we found. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess the topic I wanted to talk about, or I talked about with David, is staying connected mm-hmm. in recovery. That's probably coming up for a lot of people in a way in a unique way now? Well, I have a pretty basic morning prayer that I do, and it's, you know, literally less than a minute. Um, And I'm still doing that. But I started doing, and this is where the connection comes in with me, I I started adding to that something I used to do, and I started doing it again recently, is thinking of just thinking of people. So just sort of going and not necessarily praying for anything for them, but just I do my my normal prayer, <clears throat> and then I just stay down there for a little while mm-hmm. and just let people pop up into my head mm, and cool. go and hold them for a second and then go to another one and then go to another one. And I think inside there's some part of that is wishing good things for them, but that's not actively going pray, I want to pray for this person, but it yeah. is praying for them. Mm-hmm. It's trying to hold them for a second and be with them. And that's a huge connection thing. Um, now, I have to be careful because there's a part of me, 
I know this about myself, that will go, okay, good, I'm doing that, so I don't need <laughs> to actively talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to be careful with that because yeah. I'll go, I'm covering my bases, so yeah. I can just kind of go about my business and – and I don't have to answer the phone because mm-hmm. I, because <laughs> I'm thinking about people, and and that's of course not not yeah. the case. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that sort of I don't think I actually said to myself, okay, I'm going to do this now. I just sort of yeah. happened, um, and and I think that's a that's a practice of practicing needing help or connection, mm-hmm. sometimes against my will. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes my will says I can get along without you. Um, and the truth, I think, has been shown over and over again. that It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, I mean, I think it's the reaching out to people too, absolutely. But I think there's a base there, mm-hmm. a baseline of an opening up to connection. Yeah. This is a great topic, prayer. I wasn't really uh, planning on going mm-hmm. there, but it makes sense because that mm-hmm. is connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like talking about it with you two guys because you're not particularly religious in the traditional sense of mm-hmm. you've both been on the podcast and have talked about your own kind of resistances to that. So I think that might be helpful to kind of just talk about what prayer means to you because that's a loaded term that carries a lot of baggage for people or good or bad or you know like it it's so different depending mm-hmm. on the person i guess just to open it up a little more broadly what is prayer how does prayer help you feel connected what does prayer do for you or what what is it how do you view prayer basically the only reason i started doing uh praying on my knees daily was because my sponsor told me to and the only reason I did what he told me to is because he had been sober for 30 years and he was a happy guy. And he was like, this is what worked for me. You've tried all this other stuff. This is what worked for me. So if you might just do the things I do. Just copy me. If you just copy me, you might have what I have. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And I did it for a while. And the thing I think that made a difference was I stopped thinking about it. I stopped overanalyzing it. And then one day I realized after I had done like my step four and five and six actually uh, – that I was talking to my sponsor and I was like, oh, I did step three. I've been doing step three. <laughs> I didn't even, you you snuck one by me, <laughs> you know, like I, and he didn't do it. He did, I mean, well, he did in a way he suggested that. And I just, I stopped thinking about it and I just did it. And I realized, man, this is actually a lot easier to like, feel like I'm letting something else in. It didn't feel like I thought it was going to feel, which was like, I'm no longer a, a single entity. Mm-hmm. You know, actually it felt like, oh, I don't have to do everything alone. I don't have to carry the burden. I can just like let go a little bit, just letting go of the this like pressure. And so, yeah, man, I just, it just happened. I feel like it just happened and I didn't have to like think about it, approve of it, and then say, okay, now I will do this step. Mm-hmm. Now that I deem it to be okay and a good idea, it just sort of happened. So, um and it's evolved since then. Prayer has evolved because it just started with the most basic, like, just help me stay sober, man. You know, like, that was it. I had to be, like, cool about it and, like, you know, not make a big deal about it. And now it's evolved into a pretty long thing where it's, like, I go through a lot of personal stuff and just, um, you know, morning's different than night and there's stuff throughout the day. But it's a very personal thing of just, like, I would never say it out loud because it's so personal. It's just, like, um, 
but it's it's extremely helpful and i can't imagine not doing it you know like there are not a day's gone by that i haven't done it in all these years and it's uh it's very comforting mm-hmm. yeah and, i mean it's always been comforting it's certainly comforting now but it's and you're not i mean i hope it's okay to say this but you're not like a church guy no and that's another thing is like i had a really hard time admitting because i looked at it as admitting uh, to people like even AA guys that I was helping out like sponsors and stuff or sponsoring I had a hard time and a hard time sharing in meetings that I pray because I, I was still my ego was still like oh they're gonna think you pray they're gonna think you're some sort of like religious zealot and like and I've talked with my sponsor about that I've talked mm-hmm. to other AA guys and they're like yeah that's because you're extremely egotistical and you're so concerned <laughs> with what people think and I still am and I have made some progress in the um the admitting that I pray thing but maybe one day I'll stop calling it admitting yeah. <laughs> and just say I, I pray yeah um but yeah it's it's uh I'm not religious, um, but have prayers incredibly important to me. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, man. That was yeah. that was that's good. Can you kind of walk us through something yeah, similar? It's a great, great question. Um, um, because I'm not a, um, I am not a church guy. I was not brought up to, as a church guy. In fact, I was brought up more with more negatives to organized religion, uh, in my family. So, um, I, I didn't, it's just, that's just the way it was. And, um, so I, I don't, you know, one of the things I think about in that whole question, step two is really sort of like a ongoing thing. Um, and more like than became, but becoming. <laughs> so remind us what step two is. Well, for people. It's, it's, there's a there's a hope thing involved there, and and I have to think about it in context of step one, mm-hmm. that lack of power. If I don't have, I'm powerless, and I find myself in need of help. Then coming to believe, I came to believe, we came to believe, power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. But I, I, I think about it for me. I'm not trying to be different, but it, coming to believe because mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm in and out of that. Yeah. Um, so there's a thing that, that happened with me, um, and, and I won't go through the whole thing, but uh, that was a step two moment for me and, and had it with my sponsor. And he asked me, there's a, there's a paragraph which talks about self-imposed crisis um, that if we found ourselves, and can we even see so that goes a lot of that goes back to where am I at with step one and step one delivers me to step two all right my way hasn't worked I need help Um, and the fact of could I prove that God exists and I can't Um, can I prove that God doesn't exist so I can't I don't have proof of either one. Um, I may have evidence if I choose to look at it, but he asked me, can you prove it? And I said, no, I can't. I can't prove that God exists. I have, um, and I can't prove God doesn't exist. And he said, but yeah, you need, you've admitted you need help. And I said, yes, I do need help. And he said, so if you need help and you can't prove he exists and you can't prove he doesn't exist, why would you choose doesn't? Why wouldn't you choose does exist? In other words, why wouldn't you say yes? Mm. And I had no, I said, I don't know. (laughs) 
I guess I would say yes. He said, okay, perfect. Then we can keep moving. And then right after that, it, it says a thing where God is everything or God is nothing. And that was too much for me. I, I couldn't. And then right after that, it says God either is or isn't. And he said, what about God is? Say yes to God is. Not God is what, but God is. And I could do that. So he kind of, op- he made the door open enough for me to, so yes. And all of a sudden I realized, hey, I can say yes. Um, and I'm not even sure what I'm saying yes to or whatever, but I'm saying yes. So for me, it was an approach. Uh, it was more about how I was approaching it than the thing and all of this stuff. And I think for some people, um, it absolutely is that whole idea of what is God is important to them. And that's part of their recovery. And that's how it works for them. Make a make a list of what you want God to be. And, and I think that's great for, for some people. For me, it's more like don't make a list. Uh-huh. Make no list. Yeah. Become open to something. Hmm. Um and and that still is kind of how it works for me. I'll tell you what has happened with me, and this is evidence for me. It's evidence. I choose to believe it's evidence. It's not proof. Um, is today I am much more open to other people's beliefs and what that does for them. Yeah. When I arrived at treatment and in recovery, I spent a lot of time judging other people for what they were doing. And for the most part, not 100%, for the most part today, I can say good for them. Um, And I don't spend a lot of time figuring out why I disagree with them Mm -hmm. or why their religious practices are a problem for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm genuinely able to say for the most part, good for them, that I that's not my path, but good for them. Um, and that's a pretty amazing shift. Um, once again, it's not one that I set out to say, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this or I'm going to be this way. It's something that I sort of became aware of. It's like, wow, I'm more tolerant of other people's religious beliefs. Yeah. Where did that come from? And then I get to go, oh, <laughs> maybe that came from something and maybe that's some hope there. Yeah. Um, I'm spending less time in an area that's probably not helpful to me or them and more time in an area that may be helpful to me and them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really hopeful. Um, so I'm still, I'm not a church guy, but I'm not opposed to church. I was thinking about one other thing, too. I mean, gosh, should I think about prayer? So I was thinking about the 11th step <clears throat> and a practice there. Um, and the 11th step is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. As we understand. As we, as we understood him. That's yeah. an important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that yeah. out. And that's the part that I think about sometimes is that back end part of there's an acceptance level in it. So when I am fighting with something, once again, I don't understand God. Sometimes I think I do, but, (laughs) um, but so I, something is, there's circumstances and something's going on around me. And what I am trying to do is be in relationship with that as opposed to trying to dislike or change or whatever. So I think sometimes praying only for knowledge of his will for, I I don't know whether this is true or not, but it's, I think it's a belief I have. Yeah. 
that 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 the knowledge of his will for us is just that this is happening. Um, and how am I to be in relationship with it? Mm-hmm. Power to carry that out. So it's like, how can I best fit into this situation? And can I be useful to someone or myself or someone else in that situation as opposed to I'm going to fight this situation? Because mm-hmm. if I believe it's happening, then I believe there's that there's something inherent in that that's spiritual. Um, and I can choose to either line up in a battle <laughs> or I can line up where I'm trying to be in line with something yeah. instead of opposed to something. Um, and that's where I think the practice of spiritual principles and having a place to stand comes into play. Um, and sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes I just want to fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's it's that one piece of that would be in this world when things are happening around us that the spiritual or God part is what people are doing for each other in in those moments as yeah. opposed to what's happening to people in those moments. Um, I think I forget that a lot of times. So I think sometimes it's possible that prayer shows up as an action. Um to, I don't, this is words, but um, I think I would like to practice prayers in action sometimes. Um, so when I got here, I thought prayer was in a, was a little box, right, that you fit something into and it had to be like that. And it had something to do with uh, the guy in the beard and sitting mm-hmm. on a throne somewhere and all that, which I didn't believe in. And I've come to believe that prayer is almost limitless. <laughs> um, it's how you choose to approach things and what you're doing and what you're thinking and saying and all that sort of stuff. Um, somebody said, I heard somebody say one time that going to a meeting was a prayer, and I thought, wow. Yeah. I know, you know, what a great way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe trying to be open as opposed to closed off. Oh, anything that I'm doing that's going in that direction, maybe that has some idea of prayer in it or some feeling of prayer in it. Um, it's like, oh, that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I need feel good. Uh, oh, well, I need that kind of feel good. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, God, man, there's so, there's, there's so much there. So I think the basis for me, I don't know why, but the, your question led me to yes. Am I in a yes or am I in a no? Mm. Um, and the beautiful thing is, is that sometimes I'm saying yes and I don't even know it. And I come to realize, oh, hey, I've been saying yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a good spot. Uh, um, and there are other times, of course, where I'm, oh, no, I've been saying no. Uh all lined up against that sort of stuff. Um, sometimes they're pretty close together. <laughs> a yes and a no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One follows right after the other. Um, so, yeah. Um, I forgot the question. <laughs> yeah. And that's all right. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you said the thing about um, that expression. God is either everything or he's nothing because I never connected with that. But the is or isn't, I absolutely can connect with. That's so much simpler. And like the thing I had with the third step, it's less uh, like staggering. 
You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like, it is or it isn't. Yeah. Everything or nothing is like, wait. I yeah. Have to like it's check like some stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I will have to think about that for yeah. a little while. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, don't think. Yeah, right. <laughs> One thing you said, Jordan, I think is really helpful distinction. Both of you like to kind of tie together your comments. Like the you you talked about kind of bypassing the rational mind of like mm-hmm. needing to understand. Like in the 12 and 12 talks about resigning from the debating society, mm-hmm. I think. And then also, I really like what you said, Ashley, too, about saying yes. Um, like prayer as saying yes to life. Mm-hmm. I, like when people can kind of simplify things for me like like that, like prayer is saying yes to like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I can get on board with that. Yeah, there's even something in what you were saying about the eleven step medit- or the eleven step prayer, uh, the back end of it of praying only for knowledge of His will for us. Like when you said that, I was like, oh, I don't do that too much. I'm usually like, I'm, yeah, right. I'm, I'm gonna need this and this and this, mm-hmm. and I do it sometimes. But like when you talked about uh, fighting, like there, I, I don't need to fight. Like for me, that is a fight. I realize is like when I'm like, oh, and make sure it's this way. Like I'm when I'm doing the opposite of praying for like how to be most useful or whatever knowledge of God's will is for me, it's like I'm, I'm putting myself in a struggle against something. I'm closing myself off to mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's amazing how I always feel like, man, these steps really are simple. Like it's so simple, but yet that that's, there's a lot in that one step in step 11. And there's, you know, it's easy to, for, for me to forget or just to feel like I'm fine and just decide not to do that part, you know? Yeah. I had, I had a perspective on that. Uh, somebody offered me one time in a meeting. Um, so I was praying. Um, I have a family member who, I don't, family member who drinks a lot and it causes problems and, <clears throat> And so I was praying, <laughs> I was praying for, you know, God to help them be something different, <laughs> um, do something to them, change them. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. And it was beautiful. And there was a woman in the meeting and after the meeting, she came up to me and she said, I have a suggestion for you. And I was like, okay, but in back, I'm already going, Ugh. yeah. But it was like, okay, and I, and I really liked this person, so that was helpful. But, so I had enough openness to, to actually consider. And then she just she blew the top of my head off, and she said, maybe a prayer that would be an 11-step prayer for you in this situation would be, God, help me be a better loving brother to my sister. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my that truly would be uh, a totally different approach. And I'm spending all my time going, change that, make that different. And the prayer could be, help me be different mm-hmm. in my relationship, in spite of, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of whatever's going on over there. <clears throat> and and um, I'm not sure, I will say this, this is an evidence thing maybe. Um, not long after that, I got opportunities to be useful to my niece and my nephew in a way that I hadn't foreseen. Um, so my sister's kids, I was able to be uh, useful and helpful to them in some stuff that they were going through in their life. 
And I had, you know, a couple of months before that, I had started praying to be a better loving brother. And then I was able to say to myself, you know, I guess this is one way that I'm being a better loving brother because I'm available to her kids. And, uh, and I'm able to actually do something that's helpful to them. Uh, and I don't know whether any of that's true, you know, I mean, there's some truth in that, but I personally, for me, was able to connect those dots and say, this is a way that I'm choosing to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like more, yes, mm-hmm. felt like it. Um, um, and so that was the thing there. I was open enough to, well, first of all, speaking of connection, I'm in a meeting, opening my mouth, sharing mm-hmm. something that's going on with me to other people, other mm-hmm. alcoholics. And then an alcoholic then comes to me and says, I have a, pers- a, pers- a perspective for you. Mm-hmm. You may want to consider this. Yeah. And she was nice enough to do it that way too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that gave me the ability to, to feel like I wasn't being told. Mm-hmm. I was being offered something and I could choose to pick it up or not. And then I did. Um, and then something moved or shifted. Um, so that's like practical, mm-hmm. uh, um, almost application, if you yeah. will, yeah. of some of the stuff that we're talking about. Absolutely. Um, I'm 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 much more likely in some instances to not be <laughs> open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm really in trouble is when I can't even recognize that. Um, I'm not open for connection. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all full over here. I don't yeah. have any I don't have any room for that. Um as opposed to okay. I have some space. Yeah. You know that reminds me of my favorite part in the uh, 12 and 12 which is for me the most uh the thing I'm able to apply most often which is whenever I'm upset no matter what the cause I am at fault or something along those lines. Because if from that perspective, which it takes a minute to get to, and it's always frustrating, and it's always like, I'm always like, well, not this time. This <laughs> this time I'm really getting, the, you know, somebody's doing this to me. But when I get through my tantrum and I, and, I, and I realize that I'm the one who's choosing to be upset and making it a problem, I'm like, oh, well, now I can do something about it. And I have said a little prayer about that often when I'm so mad that I just want it to go away, and my prayer is, help me not be an expletive right now. And that's like, that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got in that moment. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, you know, and sure enough, a few minutes later, I'll, it's usually to my wife, I'll go and say, I'm sorry that I did this, you know. Yeah. She's usually the victim of those scenarios. And yeah. Yeah. Mm. But that's helpful. And yeah, man, like the, I'm glad you brought that up of, of that prayer too, because there's plenty of scenarios I can think of that, have happened and will happen where I can use that. It's reminding me of, uh, like, it's kind of like an orientation to the world too, or that's part of it for me. It's like, how am I orienting? Am I, am I, mm-hmm. am I closed off? Am, like, am I hunched mm-hmm. over? And like, do I have my fist clenched? And am I like, yeah. or am I like kind of more open and looking around? Um, that somehow for me is kind of connected to prayer. I don't know if it comes as a result or if that is kind of prayer or, you know, it's hard to. Yeah. I don't think there's an answer to that one. Yeah. The great thing is, is that there's a question and yeah, that whole classic thing of, am I willing to be part of the question? Yeah. Um, being that as opposed to taking myself out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, which sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. 
it's a it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I think the the idea of of uh, and for me this is absolutely true. There is part of my nature um, is to pull back away from people. Um, it is. I don't like groups. I, I I would rather be talking one-on-one with somebody or, or, or a couple of people that I'm comfortable with, but I don't generally like groups. Um, and, uh, I, I think about myself too much in groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just can't get past myself. Um, self-conscious. Um, but so I know natu- uh, part of my nature is to disconnect, is to, to pull away from connection. And, um, and it's, it's kind of, it, it, it astounds me sometimes because it is so integral to my recovery. Um, but I also know I, <clears throat> it, I don't have to look or do it just like somebody else does it. Somebody who is very uh, social with other people. Yeah. And uh, I can, my connection doesn't have to look like theirs. Um, mine is simple, can be, um, can be whether I'm answering the phone or not. That's a baseline for me. When I'm when the phone rings and I'm thinking, my first thought is, "Oh no, I don't want to answer it." Then that's information for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that I have to answer the phone, but it's information that I probably need to pay attention um, because I'm moving into that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am pulling away and isolating myself. Um, and so generally then, if I don't answer the phone, then it's like, am I willing to ask myself about whether I should call the person back or not? Yeah. And am I willing to sit with that for a second? And generally, the question that answers most of the time is I do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not 100% of the time, but... And I think it's hard because I, I am somebody who really appreciates solitude mm-hmm. and, and likes that and draws from it. So I have to be careful because, I, and I mean, I think that's true. Um, it has a, a tremendous value for me, but I can't fool myself with that mm-hmm. and say, well, I'm just somebody that is this way because I'm both ways. Mm-hmm. I, need the, I need the connection and interaction with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very, you know, those are things that I, that I have to, I have to look at, and I think right now, the way things are right now, it's it's probably more important. Just with the epidemic? And- yeah, I mean, I have to be able to practice a little more than I would normally, uh, that reaching out to people on the on the phone or, mm-hmm. or by text or by email, just being a little bit more connected. I, I mean, I think I need to. Um, and I see it going on around me, like some things that normally, there's one group of friends who are, sending each other a picture of something they've interacted with or done that day. And each person during the day sends something. And so it's like, I don't know, 10 or 12 people. And it's like something that's going on in my day. And I'm sending Mm. you a picture of it and they're sending it to each other. And for the first couple of days I resisted, (laughs) I was looking at theirs, but I'm not, (laughs) I'm not doing that. And it's like, well, why am I not doing that? You know, hold on. I'm like looking at their stuff. And putting a barrier up and saying, um, so yesterday, um, I sent a pic, I took a picture of my dog Mm -hmm. and said, loving my dog today. And so it's like, okay. So I stepped in the ring that opened a little bit. 
Um, Even text responding to text threads can be a prayer, maybe. Uh, yeah. Depends <laughs> uh, yeah. on when you catch me with that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it could, it, you know, why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Um, perspective, approach. Mm-hmm. Um, more of that same. Gosh, that, you know, that implies in so many different instances. Um, and most oftentimes, too, when I do step forward, there's a value and I can appreciate the value mm-hmm. if I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. How often is that the case? How many times is there something I was like, I don't want to go do this, and I went and did it. And it doesn't mean I had the best time in the world, but I was like, oh, there was a good – that That was good. Yeah. And I did that. Mm-hmm. No part of me did not want to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I have that same tendency. I think sometimes, like if I uh, if I just did what I wanted and were not accountable to anybody in AA, I would just be I would uh, work and then go home and then read or watch TV and then get up and do it again, and that would be fine. And actually, I mean, it'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, I can't do that because I value my sobriety. And basically, somebody else says. No, if you do that, you'll relapse. And I trust that person. And that's pretty much what it boils down to. But yeah, like so lately, especially the, um, I, I'll, I'll admit this too. Um, so when this virus and everything started and meetings started closing, uh, there was a little part of me after having gone four, maybe five days without a meeting that said, well, I don't got to do meetings right now. <laughs> I mean, there's a, I got a pass. I got a, an indefinite pass. I'm still going to stay sober, but nobody's going to meetings. So it's all right. And then uh, actually you, Matt, texted me um, some resources for online and phone meetings. I talked to uh, two guys I'm sponsoring, and they both told me of a meeting they're doing that's online. And so I said, all right, I'm going to do it. And uh, and I, I was not able to get onto the online one because I'm not great with that stuff. But uh, there's this really amazing one that you sent me where you just call a number and then you type in a code and you're in the meeting and you can hear what everybody says. And then when you press, when you unmute yourself, they can hear you. And the two I've done so far have been amazing. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I almost said better than better than in-person meetings. Yeah. And I, but I, and I think the reason is because my expectation was so low. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting it to be as positive as it was. But I mean, it was they were both great. Like just I mean, just like a, a regular meeting. But I, I mean, because of everything that's going on, like more support, more like positivity. And and even the people that share. I mean, there was even oh, man, last night there was even like a heckler or like a troll in one of the meetings. And this guy was sharing or this this woman was sharing and he comes in and he just like says this really horrible thing and we're all i I mean i I, and i didn't see anybody else but i felt this thing and i was like oh my god like what and she just goes oh i wish i could get him and we all started laughing (laughs) and that was and then like and then this other lady started sharing she was being really vulnerable and i was like oh my god please don't please don't come back in not with her and he did and her response was the best thing she goes he called her a horrible name and, you, and that's all you heard. And then they got rid of him. They, they deleted uh, him from the platform or whatever. But her response, without missing a beat, to him calling her name was, that's right, I am resilient. And nothing stopped me from drinking and nothing's going to stop me from staying sober. And then that was it and nothing uh, else was said about it. And I was like, not only was that amazing in that moment, but it like, I mean, I wanted to cry because it was like um, – it was like a micro version of everything else that's going on. Like right now for those of us that are sober, it's like the, you know, 
this there's this thing that's scary and -hmm. it's like and and now i'm like well how am i going to get to meetings but i'm in one right now i'm in a meeting despite all these things despite not being able to go out in public and be in one and and it's not going to stop me Mm -hmm. nothing did stop me from drinking this wouldn't have stopped me from drinking i'd be hitting it a lot harder (laughs) and this got a pass great excuse right (laughs) and and yeah now it's not and all of us in that meeting there were 80 people in that meeting when I went on, there might have been more. Like they said, there are eighty people in the meeting, and like it was, it was just a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it was good. It's like the um, it's talking about prayers. It's kind of like talking about God for me. It's like kind of slippery, you know. Like mm-hmm. you, you think you're talking about, and you kind of like, oh, here's the definition. And then it's like, so. But some of the things that have kind of come up for me that opened up as we're talking, it's like prayer as, you know, changing perspective, you know, saying yes rather than saying no. And also prayer is seeking connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those are all things. And and that might not be the case for somebody else. And that's what I love. The freedom and the genius of the 12 steps is uh, that as you understand him, mm-hmm. her, it, Nobody can coerce me into you, you know, mm-hmm. you must believe this. And right. I, I immediately felt that freedom um, when I encountered the steps for the first time. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, gosh, good, you know. Yeah, I remember spot two with the second step again, but God does not make too hard terms for those who earnestly seek. I, I may not have that perfectly right. But no, but yeah, that's something along those lines. And, and I had this moment where um, the perspective was given to me was that God, whatever that is, was not making any terms. I was the one who was making the terms, and I didn't even really realize it. Mm -hmm. No, closed mm -hmm. off, and you can't tell me, and feeling like people were... When I can get open, it's like, oh, I can shed my terms and maybe have an approach to say, let's look and see. Yeah. Um, And maybe be in some aspect of discovery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I had no idea that I was in control of the terms and I was feeling like somebody else was. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how all balled up and twisted as, you know. I was yeah. twisted up and I didn't even know it. And I was too busy going, you can't, you, 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 you. Yeah. And uh, and that was, took another alcoholic to to suggest to me and with the right spot. And I trusted them just enough that I was willing to consider what was being offered to me and that idea about being able to accept what was being offered and the freedom that's in that. And it's like, you get to decide, but you got to know... <laughs> Yeah. You have to know where you are in order to be able to move um to move to maybe a better place. Um and that's still I come back to that again and again and again. Um of hold on. My I'm I'm in my way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's it feels like it's somebody else, but but really um I have the ability to choose differently here. Mm-hmm. Um Boy, there's some freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, and there's a possibility of prayer in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me, help me be open to seeking. Help mm-hmm. me, 
Help me be open to what's being offered to me. Help me even see what's being offered to me. Mm-hmm. Be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or that even help me be aware that something is being offered to me. Yeah. Um, as opposed to being foisted upon me or whatever that is. Right. Um, man, it's a, there's a shift there mm-hmm. that I have to make again and again and again. Yeah. Because I set up camp and yeah on the other side. Yeah, the ego doesn't like that no. being too open yeah. for too long. Yeah, look out. <laughs> They're going to get safe. you. Yeah. <laughs> As we were talking about this, too, I remembered something that a priest wrote something about, that prayer is a revolutionary act because it's through prayer you can say yes, you know, to life no matter what, even in the face of nuclear annihilation or, you know, the worst even in the face of what we're facing right now, you can, you know, prayer gets us to that place. I mm-hmm. think is, I think is the argument that, or, or the perspective he was offering of like, it's a prayer is kind of some help, I guess, in getting to that spot of, well, maybe there's something, maybe there's something here I can show up for and I can be mm-hmm. helpful with. Mm-hmm. Anything you guys want to pass on to people during these kind of uncertain times that's been helpful for you? I'll say it again. These online and phone meetings have been extremely helpful. Um, I'm I'm someone who's uh, resistant to that idea and not even completely sure why, but um, I can't believe how uh, I would say, yeah, just to try uh, if you're a lot of people are probably fine with that. But if you're not, try it out because you might be surprised how Mm. helpful it is. Yeah, you're yeah, I can understand why you'd be resistant. You're you're from the old school. You like you you don't like computers, you don't like And it was mostly the the online part. Yeah. And then so the phone thing I'm very comfortable with. Yeah. And maybe I'll even try the online thing, yeah. you know, get yeah. maybe it's a little uh, even yeah. a little more connection. Yeah, there let, you go. Let people see me and not see just a dark I think they just see a dark spot when I'm talking because yeah, right. they can all see I don't know. So I might try that out too. I was thinking of one thing uh, <clears throat> my sponsor I remember my sponsor talking about the privilege of being available and he also would talk about paying attention and um he gave me an out with this but paying attention like we i think i think of that sometimes as resetting during the day of just sort of going hold on (laughs) where just being intentional for a minute and he used to say so if you pay attention then you will maybe be available for a couple of the opportunities that come your way Mm -hmm. you're gonna miss most of them but you may be available for a couple of them. And that would let me know. It's like I don't have to run around trying to get them all. Yeah. But just trying to be aware of me and where I'm at in my surroundings and the privilege of being available to somebody else. And so that's sort of like a I, I become aware, especially in times with attention, because I get distracted by stuff around me, mm-hmm. um, not in a positive way, um, in being able to reset myself as I go through the day. And prayer could have something to do with that. I mean, a, doesn't even have to be a traditional prayer, but something about, you know, help me be present. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to, to be with something. even And the small things, I think, are better than trying to be big things. Yeah. You know, just even just something passing between you and another person in a small way is like, oh, there was a connection. Right yeah. There. there was a connection. Uh, and not having to make it something that's uh, larger than it is, appreciating the smaller mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, I mean, that's a practice at any time is a good practice, but I think especially 
especially now, um, trying to send out <laughs> something, be a conduit of something positive. Yeah. Um, because uh, I don't have to work at the other. The other just happens. The, the uh, negative. Sen- yeah, fearful. That just happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's more being intentional about, oh, let me wait. Okay. Be on that, the other end of that. Mm-hmm. So I forget and remember that and forget yeah. and remember it yeah. and forget and remember it. And that's the dance we do, <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, as yeah, humans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it works so well being around other alcoholics because we remind each other. Nah, it doesn't have to be an alcoholic, but mm. it could be anybody. But it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. There's another thought of prayer as remembering, you know. Mm-hmm. That's another thing it might be. Remembering where I'm at, who I am. Yeah. yeah. Ground it's, grounds me. As God's, that's one of God's people. I stand on my feet. I don't have to crawl before anyone. I like that one. Yeah, man, this is so good, guys. Thank you for doing it. It's been help, just helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you, man. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for listening to Stories of Recovery, a Mar Recovery Resources production. I'm Matt Shedd. The executive producer for our show is David Tate, and Angela Edmonds is the associate producer. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.